how you press record. <laughs> now we can edit it. We can edit the recording. We can edit the recording. You got the every single time. <laughs> no, we good, man. We, we we good. We'll, we'll get ready to get it popping. I also got it. Also got it. Uh, so James, you got the screen record, right? Oh, I bet, and I got the anchor from uh, Spotify uh, app, so I got something on there, so we can get this popping. So, no, nah, man, uh, obviously, just wanted to, you know get together. We've been having some conversations just on football, so it's good to get together and and, and rap a little bit. Um, one of the things we obviously wanted to be wanted to talk about is, you know, just in, in terms of like soccer development. Um, and also like cultural development, like how kids, how do you actually develop? And, and you know, obviously excited to have uh, uh, James Myers with us, uh, who's in London, UK right now. And, and, and obviously we have our special guest here, Roy. Uh, I want some Momo, right? Roy, I want some Momo. Roy, Roy, Momo. So now Roy, Roy, Roy uh, hails from, from Paris, France, so... I think I think they they're able to bring uh, a certain perspective, especially since I, th- I think we're mostly talking to a U.S. audience. But I think it's important to get, um, you know, how how do we actually develop players in the U.S. compared to how they develop in the in the rest of the world, and not just from a standpoint of I think there's a lot of always talk about coaches talking about how they develop teams and all this stuff, but like actually on the ground, like. How do you develop in in London and Paris, which are are two of the biggest? Uh, I would say in Europe, probably the the, the two hotbeds for for uh, for talent, you know. And so, uh, without further ado, I mean, yeah, let's start rapping. It. I mean, let's start rapping. Like, like Roy, since you're kind of our special guest, kind of like really just fill us in a little bit more on like growing up playing football in in France and Paris specifically. Um, and and I should say also Roy also played in the states, so he's going to have a unique, I think a very unique take on development, like what what we talk about, like how he grew up. So I don't know, man, fill us in a little bit on on how you grew up uh, playing playing ball in Paris or whatnot. Yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, you know, France is Paris is you know the hub of a lot of talent, um, as is London. As is Rio, as is a lot of capitals, and you know, it's uh, mainly due to the fact that there's like, you know, football is you know the culture essentially. You know what I'm saying? It's the religion. It's the it's everything. You know what I'm saying? So you know, as a kid, you know, you get up, you you go to school. You know what I'm saying? You're waiting for a recess so you can play. Mm-hmm. Then when school is done, you go to the park right next to the school. Yeah. And you play. Yep. And when you're done with that, you go to training and you play. And then you come home and if you got siblings like I did, you play. So, mm. you know, in a matter of a day, out of 24 hours, you probably spent 18 of them playing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, that's the difference in, in natural uh, natural technicality in, in, in the development of players. So, you know, of course, the more you touch the ball, the more comfortable you're going to be on the ball. So if you're touching the ball for 18 hours a day, you know, especially not in a restricted environment, mostly in, like, free environments, you're going to be creative, you're going to be technical. There's no, there's, it's like, it's not magic, it's 
all the time. U.S. has the same culture, just not with soccer yet. They do the same thing with basketball. You go to the courts, people playing from night to day, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get home, you got you got the little basket at your house, you're shooting, you're dribbling, you're dunking on each other, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, you know, it's, yeah, essentially it's the same, but, you know, for football in Europe, you know, in, in a lot of the rest of the world, you know. And so that's, that's kind of my take on that, you know, as far as that, you know, first piece of just um, why there is, that's really breaking down why there is actually just a lot more natural talent coming out of, you know, hubs like London and Paris, you know, compared to some other hubs in the world, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. there is that natural in the United States as well, but where did it come from? It comes from the foreigners, because why? They play all the time. Mm. So you will have, you know, you know, Dilly ain't playing all the time. Dilly playing World of Warcraft, you know what I'm saying? But Mama, <laughs> he had the field. Yeah. He gets his touching, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hunter, Hunter is like, bro, let me go throw the big skin, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's juggling, you know what I'm saying? And that's the difference. So, so then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You look at the national team, and then and then you have you have some some players that are donkeys, you know what I'm saying? They're athletes. But don't got no touch, you know what I'm saying? And you 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 wonder why you got you know Jose from Spain and you know little little Jose and 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 uh, fucking uh, Martinez doing tiki taka around you all day because them niggas been doing that all day while you was throwing the big skin. Yeah, they was tiki taka all day. So you know. Wait, so so, so so in the U.S. I I think in the U.S. we could say it's like um. I, I was bringing this up with talking with people. I think we have a training culture, not and I think what you just described is a playing culture. Like what what age? Like all the players, all the ballers that you saw growing up from Paris, who had a te- who had like a technical trainer that they had a, like a dedicated technical trainer that they were working with. Let's say um, from young. Let's I think in America, I mean a lot of times you you get technical trainers. You're working with them six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, like, when did you first kind of see that concept, or, or did you even see that? And, and James, you can chime in, too, from London. I'll, I'll tell you this, right, which I didn't, which we, you know, obviously, you know, we've had a, l- a little conversation about this earlier slightly, but I didn't even tell you this, right? So, I did tell you, like, all right, even at a young age, you know, in France, they used to use, even to recruit for the national team, they actually used to use all the local clubs. It wasn't academies. You actually... It was basically what they did, right? Mm. It was almost kind of like what the ODP system used to do, where it's like, all right, when you was a local club, right, you took essentially the two best players from the from, from your club, they went into like this regional camp, where then from the regional camp, they were scouted for Clairefontaine, which is residency, you know what I'm saying? Once you were essentially uh, on residencies like Radar, they actually put you into professional academies. What I didn't tell you earlier, Kev, is that, like, this happened even all the way up to, like, you 15, you 16. Mm. There was guys from my local club, right, that I remember specifically, specifically, there was there was this nigga. Shout out to my nigga, Anthony, if you hear this. There was Anthony, and there was, oh, there was another dude. Anthony was, at, I believe, Moroccan. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Speech for days, you know what I'm saying? Mm. He, you know, of course... He had, he had, you know, some behavioral issues, but he was, <laughs> he, was, no, he was wicked. He was mad wicked. 
kid, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. like, him, I remember him, and then there was other, this other, this other dude, he was from the islands. Yeah, I think it was from Guatemala. I don't know why I can't remember his name. I have a space in my head, but I can't remember his name. Anyways, so, you know, them two, they were like the older guys in the, in the local club I was at, you know, because I was set to actually, you know, I was set to go to another academy in France for a club named Social, but from my local club, you know, them two, they were like, I think at the time, they were, had to be like 15, 16. They were so they were so good, you know what I'm saying? Like unscouted talent from just a local club. They were so good that they were able to do that at that age and be selected to do play Fontaine and do all these things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was more of like, well, let's not let's let's let the raw talent be the raw talent, and then when you get to when you get to that 14, 15 year old age, we're gonna teach we're we're gonna get you tactically ready. You know what I'm saying? But even like maybe maybe fourteen, yeah, between fourteen and fifteen, just to get you tactically ready. But prior to that, it was all about developing your your play. You know what I'm saying? Like sharpening your skills, your creativity. So it was like we're gonna, of course, we're we're gonna we're gonna do you know a certain amount of you know just drills so that you understand football. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of it was just playing. Just mm. go out there and play. You know what I'm saying? Because that's gonna get you the experience of understanding situations that's gonna make you develop as a player. You know what I'm saying? Like, a cone doesn't move. You know what I'm saying? So you mm. can dribble around a cone all you want. If you ain't playing against a, a dude, you know what I'm saying, you ain't going to be used to him, you know, shouldering you. You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to be used to him just accelerating on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was you know, that was a big thing where it was like, um, you know, that's, that's the way, you know, footy was, you know, developing great players all around where you had more technical players in every position than uh than now you know but you know you know the money went up and so you know things change you know because yeah. you know when the money the money talks so that's that's how it is i hear you and, and james what about in london like in the in the, in the ends and the states and everything like how was it when when you know when did you were and your friends when growing up did you guys encounter technical trade like who was the most technical and what made them the most technical player or most skillful player what what you know, what made them stand out, you know what I mean, in the ends? I mean, same with Roy. We don't we didn't have any technical trainers growing up. And even if there were technical trainers in the ends, you couldn't afford you wouldn't be able to afford them anyway. Mm. So, um playing grassroots was good because grassroots remember also in England over here, uh, most of the staff are volunteers. So we could only have grassroots practice twice a week anyway. Mm. So the rest of the week we're playing in the courts, we're playing in the streets, we're playing at school. Same thing as Ray, we'll get to school early to play on the playground, go to our lessons, whatnot. Break time, we'll play, go to our lesson. Lunch time, we'll play. We even forget to eat. We'll forget to eat. We'll play in our game, we'll forget to eat. After school, we stay after school to play, go home, eat, do our homework, go to practice. Come back home if you have siblings. I had my brother, we'll play in the living room. Mm. My mom will go to church. We'll quickly roll some socks, play in the living room. We hear a car coming, we run to our room. What? <laughs> Man, <laughs> who broke the bed? What, yo, you nervous? I'm <laughs> <laughs> the cleanest ever been because you know what's going to happen when, when mom get home, when dad get home. It's over. It's over, bro. I was going to tell you, though, James, even the volunteers, right? The volunteers, who did it happen to be? They happen to usually be, I mean, I, I'm going to say for us, you know, maybe it was the same for y'all. The volunteers, even my, all my youth coaches were players that played for the club and that were pretty, pretty damn good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And those same 
usually came, like for example, the club I, pl- I played for, the players that were playing for the old team were actually guys, you know, from, from neighborhoods that were like mine. So they thought and, and played like me. So, you know, hence the development, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, you know, of, of course you have some, some older coaches who were more, you know, into the, you know, the, the tactical aspect and, and you know, the, the proper development. But a lot of the coaches, like, like for, like you said, with the volunteering, were like, you know, guys from the neighborhood. So then, you know, like, that gives that atmosphere. Now, now you're, you're somebody that understands you and that's giving you not only the shit he needs to give you for you to grow, but he's also giving you the confidence you need to grow. Because, you know, beyond just playing, if you want to play at any real level, you're going to have to take some shit. It's competitive, bro. Yeah. Bro, today you play like trash, bro. Nah, you can't dribble. You know what I'm saying? Like, things like that. Even and to go back on the playing aspect all the time, right? I'm a bit, I'm a bit everywhere because I I talk like that. But no, to go cool. back on the playing aspect, like I was think? telling Kev, yo, like when I was young, y'all don't understand how competitive footy was, right? We was in school, right? I was telling Kev, my school, so my elementary school, right, was essentially it used to be it used to be a, a boys' school and a girls' school way back in the days, right? Mm-hmm. Split by a fence, split by a little gate, you know what I'm saying? So you could just open the gate and go to the other school. But then it became just both of them just became both unisex schools, you know. And so we used to play with in, in between ourselves, you know, at, at at recess, right? And you know the way it was for us in France is that like. You know, because everything is like old school architecture, like glass windows and everything, you have to play with like those foam balls, you know yep, what I'm yep, saying? Yep, yep. yep. But you're, you're like, you got it. So first of all, we had we had the inner squad, which is like, you know, you make your teams, you know what I'm saying? You play between us. But then it got to the point where we got so competitive that and, and our, side of the, our side of the school had the actual uh, mini soccer field. It got so competitive that we started playing against the school that was on the other side of the game. So our so, you know, it was Kelnel versus Epinet, you know what I'm saying? It was Kelnel, there was Epinet. We used to, you know, the chaperones at lunchtime, you know, they used to organize the game twice a month, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> the chaperones would let us in, and we would play, bro. You you play for like a good, you know, 30 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Yep. First to 10, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it was lit. It was so lit. I was telling, I was telling Kevin earlier, right? It was so lit. It was like, oh my God, this is too good. And the girls, you know, they were like, yeah, 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 cheering us on. And then they were like, man, we want to play too. So then at first we were like, okay, we'll let one girl each. So, you know, you had that one girl on, on, on each team, you know what I'm saying? Playing. You know, Sarah scores the winning girl. Oh, sorry, lit. You know, best play, everything. They got to the point where it was like, you know what? Bro, fuck it. We'll have a girl game too. You know what I'm saying? Then we had a full guys versus guys, girls versus girls. Like, it was... Think of, like at a young, at young of an age, mind you, the chaperones used to only just let us, you know, let the other kids from the school come and play. Yeah. But we used to organize this. We used to organize ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how. That's how serious and that's how much love and passion there was for the game. That we just willing to put everything aside and say, you know what? Nah, let's make this lit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, there was no whites. There was no Arabs. There was nothing. It was your play. It was footy. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. yo, you know, like look. Look, look, on Monday, man, you don't like Benjamin, you know what I'm saying? Benjamin is a fucking asshole, you know what I'm saying? Mm. On Tuesday, Benjamin is your teammate. <laughs> we, I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Benjamin, he, I may have voted for Marie Le Pen, you know, the big racist, but on Tuesday, he's my teammate, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> on Wednesday, I don't have to pick him again. On Wednesday, hey, I... Hey, Wednesday, hey, hey, Roy, Roy, let me... Let me but, 
Hey, Roy, let me say this, though. Let me say this, though. This is why I was talking to someone about back in the day, even even in the States. You know, I actually grew up a little bit similar, which is funny, like my, my introduction into the game. But in the States, I was telling someone, one of the parents, I was like, yo, you remember when we grew up with sports, you had rivals. Like, you had a rival every day that you would kind of go and be like, yo, it's, it's me against them again every day. Like, like before we're actually talking about organized football, you were going through stuff as a player every day, losing, winning, yeah. coming back mad, getting in a little bit of a scrap, you know, dealing like you. I, I think you mentioned, what? yeah, dealing with people saying that you ain't good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with defense, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So you're scratching yourself up. Then you're fighting, you know what I'm saying? It's everything, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, you come back and you scarred up like you, you, you're you a veteran, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and really, that's what it became, you know, because that was experience. So literally, you became a veteran, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You, and that's what happens is, you know, you have those kids back then that used to come into clubs. They may have not have had the tactical understanding of things, but on a technical level, They've had so much experience. They are veterans, you know what I'm saying, essentially. Because they've, they've been through, they already been through, you know what I'm saying, they've been through war, you know what I'm saying, at, at the park. <laughs> yeah. So to go to go back on what you asked about, the technical, so I'm just... Um, yeah. Saying. yeah. So for example, in the school playground, right, your whole class, my class was, my, I had a small school, it's not, nothing compared to America. So my class had 90, 90 students, and let's just say half of them were boys, half of them were girls. Yeah. Right, and then let's say um, fifteen of them didn't like playing football. Right, mm. so we still have thirty kids. Yeah, <laughs> we go to the playground. It's fifteen on fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're on yeah. the ball, you have to be on point. Yeah, you know what I'm fifteen of them. Right? And most what? of the time, you want to you want to hold on to the ball. You don't even want to pass. Yeah. But the thing is that then, back then it was 1v30 at all times. Exactly. That's yeah. what it was. And then it was 1v30 at all times. It was like, man, you get it until you lose it. And then on top of that, if you got it, you're going to get it until you lose it. In England, you have school uniform. Mm. Everyone's wearing the same thing. How do you know who's mm-hmm. on your team? Awareness. I never actually caught that until I became an adult and I was like, really? Yeah. Playing with everybody on the like, same uniform. Yeah, but you know, that's the same thing, like, yeah. you know, like, like, even, even to a lesser extent, you know, like, we, you know, in French, I didn't go to a school with uniforms, but there was no pennies. Yeah. Yo, you had to know who you were playing with. Exactly. Head up. For real, no? You know what I'm saying? So you really had to know who you were playing with. Yeah. So it's teaching you so many um, things in the game, you, you have to have your head up. Awareness, yep. right? Yep. Technical ability, you have to keep the ball close, or else there's this guy to your left, this guy to your right, in front of you, behind you, coming at an angle, mm-hmm. coming everywhere then you're playing different yeah. age groups it's just a mix yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you have to have quick feet yeah it, it, yeah. It, 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 or coaches calling fouls no yeah. you're playing on court <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like i said man it was war it, yeah. it, it, and just all right so <laughs> that documentary concrete jungle yeah it's a concrete jungle man yeah right, so hey so so to 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 piggyback off of what y'all are saying like I said, in the U.S. we have a we have a training culture, right? And I was and I was mentioning to someone. I said, you know, I grew up kind of like just learning how to play too. Like, 
and I became a, a coach and could do technical trainer. But like, I actually didn't grow up with a technical trainer. Like all the moves and stuff that I know how to do and the technique, I, I, it's from playing. You know what I mean? And from just, you know, it being exposed to the game. Of course, a trainer did help me with certain things, help refine me. Not saying you don't need them entirely. But what you guys are describing, not just beyond the game of being technical, you also guys are describing social, emotional uh, situations, uh, resilience, adversity. And, I, and I'm just thinking in a training environment, if that's mostly what you do, where it is very, very, like, your coach wants you to work on stuff, right? Or your trainer wants you to work on stuff, which is good. But you don't rarely get that. Like, the what you guys are describing, I don't think you get that in a training environment. It's not like a kid in a training environment says, yo, you whack, you shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Which gives you that kind of motivation. You don't know, but just think about it. I, I, like, Robert, we, you're talking about... Yeah, but... Yeah, but remember we were talking about Robin Van Persie, right? Robin Van Persie said they said, "Yo, how did you how did your shooting get so good?" You know what I mean? Uh, or um, they were talking about his right foot or something. Or, or uh, he said they said it was garbage, and he said he spent that whole summer working on it. When they came back, they're like, "Yo, your right foot's like decent now. What'd you do?" He's like, "Yeah, y'all motivated me to get better because." And just think about that. That was like personal motivation. We're talking about the ages of like seven to ten, eleven, twelve, even before you get into academy. So. Yeah. I'm going to say this. What is true freedom? Chaos. If you can maneuver in chaos, you can maneuver in anything. Mm. Mm. What happens What happens when you're training in drills? You're caged. Yeah. Why? Because you're put in a specific situation. Yeah. Mm. Now, what happens is guys can do all these drills. They got all these feet against the cones, but they can't do it in the game because they're caged within the drills. You know what I'm saying? Now I have to do. I have to take this touch perfectly. Like that. Okay. Oh no, I'll respect because I messed up my touch. Okay. Oh no, this, that, and the third. Ooh. You're caged because of the drill. Because you're focused on doing it right for the drill. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's like once you're caged into the drill, you're not free. Yeah. If mm. you're not free, you're not. You're not thinking for yourself. You're not developing. The moment, the moment, the situation is not recreated perfectly, like in the drill, you can't do it. Wow. And that's. Wow. That's a big that's that's a big hindrance of too much technical training. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that type of technical training, but it's about balance. Like I told you earlier, your body is not made of fifty percent matter, fifty percent water, fifty percent sodium. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's the mixture of everything with certain things being more than others that enable you to function normally. Let's look at sauce, right? A sauce is not fifty percent tomatoes, fifty percent salt. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You gotta have a little bit of salt. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of tomato. If you like your little vegetables, your mushrooms, whatever spices you want to add, you know what I'm saying? You put a little bit here and there, and that's what makes it taste good. You know what I'm saying? The salt, look at, watch this. The salt, you don't see it. Do you see salt in the sauce? But you taste it, though. You taste it if the sauce is right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, right, you got me thinking we should be eating some. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's about the sauce. Sauce being saucy, being dripped out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that's the sauce. That's, well, that's how sauce is made. I mean, it, I want to make sauce. I want to make saucy players. That's how you make saucy players. It, it, you know what's interesting with that? I've seen a lot of players who've been trained a lot, and like you said, I actually don't see the expression when they actually play. Like, like to me, I'm like, like to me, I'm like, look, everybody's body type is different. Like Ronaldinho moved in a different way and had a, has a different flavor than Neymar. 
You know what I mean? Because he has a different body type, how he moves his body, how he shifts his weight, you know, everything, like an expression. And like, my thing is that kids aren't developing a style, if you get what I mean. Like you say in sauce, like you have a certain sauce, like people are not, like who has a discernible style when they play? Like to me, if if you're talking about US players, Pulisic is the only one that has like a discernible style and how he plays. Like his dribbling style is very like direct. I'm going at you, quick cuts, you know. Um, he has a style. Yeah, I think even, he has a. Even, even Pulisic, I would say, I would say he defines the new, the new definition of skill, where it's like it's just everybody's trying to model after Messi, where because you know Messi's made us dream, you know what I'm saying? So everybody's modeling everything after Messi, where it's like it's pretty much only cuts. Guys just work on being fast, little body fakes, and cuts. Where it's like, look at who you just mentioned, Ronaldinho, to sauce all the way. I'll roll you. I'll flick it over your head. Sombrero one, two times. Go to sleep. <laughs> you know what Robinho, I'm saying? Like, yeah, and I'm not even t- I'm just talking about any. Like you look at you look at the past era, and you look at. I was telling you earlier. Uh, people go watch that first time Ronaldinho classical versus uh, uh, Zidane. That was a magnificent. I just came across that game during the, the beginning of quarantine one time, and I I didn't really want to watch the old games. I just came across that game. I clicked it because I love Ronaldinho. That was such a beautiful game on all angles. I'm talking about you had Beckham, Edgar Davis doing flicks. Man, shots coming from almost midfield. It's it's crazy. It's wild, but it's entertaining. That's what you live for. That's what you want to see. That's what makes you dream as a kid. As a kid, you know you know who was doing it in the house. I, and I was a PSG fan. You know what I'm saying? I knew my dad knew the coach who brought Ronaldinho. I seen Ronaldinho first when you, from Grêmio watching him. And then when he came to PSG, I was like, man, this nigga here, bro, I seen him snake somebody. I was like, house, I was like, bro, I gotta do this. Yeah. But me and my brother would be snaking in the house. Bing, 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 gone. Slap. Slap at that time. You know what I'm saying? But guess what? 20 minutes later, you're working on that snake again. Because it's like, bro, this guy made me dream, bro. I gotta do this. Bro, I can't go to sleep is, is tonight that- until I master this. And then tomorrow, I'm gonna do it 10 times. They're gonna know. This is his move, but this is my move too. You know what I'm saying? And you know me. You know how much I criticize Neymar for his lack of efficiency because of my personal, you know, you know, you know, but you can, I, you know, I, I, he's, 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 you know, still one of the goats in this era because he's still trying to keep the flavor alive. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to make it bland. He's like, nah, I'm going to put that Maggie cube in there. Yeah. Don't sprinkle that salt. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, y'all keep, y'all keep talking. I'm going to handle my situation, but y'all keep talking for a minute. Maryland, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, let's say I live in Frederick, Maryland, and yeah. I'm 
I'm the only one in my neighborhood that actually plays the sport. And I go outside to play. I'm not playing with anyone. Yeah. All I can do is do the training. You're right. Yeah. And there are You're so right. many of those places within even one the state of Maryland. Then you have Virginia, mm-hmm. PA. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now, how do we get kids at the entry level to be playing more than training? Well, the thing is, you have to get them to fall in love with the game, which is the, which is one of the biggest, you know, it's it's one of the biggest challenges in, in the United States with coaching is that you have to get a kid to fall in love with the game before you can even coach him. Mm. But like in Europe, the kids are already in love with the game, so it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going I'm to do what I got to do because I love this, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But in America, you have to get a kid to fall in love with the game because you're 100% right in the, in the sense that, like, all right, there's people in isolated areas where it's like, what can you do? I'll tell you this. I, I know because I've been in those areas of the United States. I've lived in Geneva, Chicago. <laughs> Geneva, yeah. Illinois. You know what I'm saying? I lived in some crazy areas even in the United States. But even having been here in crazy areas, going to Grenoble, going to like the lost uh, uh, um, suburbs of Lille, even kids, even by themselves, they'll pick up a ball and juggle. They'll figure out tricks to do. You know what I'm saying? But that's because they have that natural love for the game. So now... They become creative because they're like, I love this shit so much, I'm going to figure out a way to entertain myself with it however I can. Mm. And, that, and that's that's the difference, you know what I'm saying? Like, And like I said, there is that culture in America for basketball, just not for, just not for, for soccer, you know what I'm saying? And that's what we've got to, that's what, you know, people have got to introduce so that, you know, they can really, people can really fall, you know, young kids can fall in love with the game enough to say, you know what, man, this is so lit, I'm just going to go outside with the ball and then just do things until, in, until you know, like, look at freestylers. Freestylers, what do they, they, they work with themselves. Man, what can I do? Okay, I'm going to flick it, I'm going to hit it with my head, I'm going to hit it with my heel, I'm going to hit it with my shin, with my butt, with the tip of my toe, with my shoulder, you know what I'm saying? They figure it out. Just because they put- look, just being on the ball, being around the ball, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, why? Because I have that love for football. They put- it's just... But introducing that love of football in, in, in America, that's what really has got to happen, you know, for the next step of development, as in producing a lot of raw talent. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you were saying you were saying, like, obviously, play, you know, play with the ball and, and express themselves. Because like, like I said, I think a lot of players that we're describing in the States, like from a training application, like, you know, almost behaving like a pro. You know what I mean? Doing all the that that the uh, the private training, the technical stuff, the kids do it. But a lot of times, the situation that you that you that you guys that you guys are both described in London and Paris, I think parents will look at that and be like, "Well, what does my kid get out of that?" You know what I mean? And wow. it, it was interesting. It was interesting. I so I had um I went to a session in Amsterdam. Yeah. Huh? So what? You gotta let your kid be a kid. Exactly. Let your kid that's be a kid. That's why, that's why your, your children can't run for president. Yeah. That's your child be a child. You grow. Yeah. Then you get to do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's why they don't let you drink until you get to a certain age. Let your child be a child. You know? But yeah, continue starting to cut you off. No, no, no. You're good. I, so when I was thinking about I was I was thinking, like I said, looking at looking at development, it's like now that I have my, my son and he's playing, and I'm like, man, I could train him and do all that stuff. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm like... I see so many people are hype about like, oh, who you train with, who you playing. I'm like, every day we go play for like two or three hours. 
You know what I mean? In the house, we're playing for like an hour, two hours, you know, just kicking the ball. Not and, and, and it's just informal. It's just doing stuff with the ball. And there's things that he can do and tricks that he can do with the ball just through playing that we didn't spend hours upon hours saying, okay, you got to move your feet this way. Then you got to dribble the cone this way. And you got to do it this way. And I'm just, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, and every minute, like I see him just going to pick up the ball and mess with the ball and, and, and just go do it and get attracted to it. You know what I mean? And that to me is such a big, and I'm like, yeah, it's not, t- you know, I was telling someone nine to 12, like, let's say 8 to 12 in the U.S. or 8 to 13 is hyper-competitive because parents are so involved, you know what I mean? So they're like, oh, we got to have trainers, we got to do this, we got to do this. Then all of a sudden, 14 to 18, it becomes less competitive. Kids are dropping out. It's not that serious anymore. It's like, it's like rever- and in Europe, in Europe it's reversed. Wouldn't you say that? In terms of the organization. Which is like letting people grow and develop. It's like, you know, like like we talked about earlier. Like, you know, yo, when the child is learning how to walk, the parent doesn't say, oh, put your leg at a 90-degree angle and then, yeah, uh, drop it now. And then you have to put the following leg at a 90-degree angle. Nah. The little, nigga, <laughs> the little boy is going to fall. He's going to lean to the side. My nephew, he just, he, he learning, he learning how to stay sturdy, right? He just lean to the side. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? I put it back. He leans to the side again. Bam. <laughs> the time, he's like, man, I'm tired of fucking. I'm going to get strong. Oh, I get, I'm going to put my arm out. You know what I'm saying? And so they learn. They're going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? But it's not only that. It's that football, you know, if you're, if you're talking about being a professional and playing at a professional level, it's a marathon, my friend. Like, there's a long journey. It's not a sprint. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. like you just mentioned, people mm. die, lose their love for the game so quick because it's a job. It's not supposed to be a job when you're a child. You know what I'm saying? Why do they have child labor laws? Because you got to let a child be a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't let it, it's not supposed to be a job. Let him enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Because if there is, there's going to come a time where if he doesn't enjoy it now, because it's going to be so stressful and intense, he won't ever get yeah. to enjoy it again. Exactly. And that's why that is what happened with so many people. You see, you see a, bunch of kids, a bunch of kids that play literally to get into college, like they, by the time they get to high school, they don't even like footy anymore. They're just like, okay, I'm just gonna use this to get a scholarship. By the time they get to college, they're done. You know what I'm saying? They're like, well, I don't even, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. a lot even dropped before then. You know what I'm saying? And because it's so drilled, you know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, like let a child be a child. You know what I'm saying? Let him, like, let him, let. Exactly at the street courts where we're taking my son in, in Holland, they'll it might break out into a game of rugby real quick. Um, they might they might play chase tag they might be doing this they might they might be strategizing but what i realize is like he's developing so many things socially he's he's developing so many things different things emotionally it, it, he's playing there's times it turns serious and there's a game there's times when they're just messing around they're shooting but they're doing that 3 4 5 hours a day and he's learning how to shoot he's learning how to become a leader he's learning how to deal with setbacks He's learning all the different things before he actually gets to a club academy situation, if he's good enough, before you know, you know what I mean, you're in that situation. So, I mean, that's a big thing right there. I mean, James, what what would you say to that? Yeah, having them learn the life skills already by themselves. So, I feel in America, parents want to Michael control 
their kids too much. So they don't want them to feel sad. They don't want them to feel um, failure. They don't want to. F- but in doing that, you are actually causing a hindrance on your kid. Because then when they feel it later, it's a big smack in the face. And then it leads to the not not liking it anymore or wanting to drop out. They're not having fun. There's, there's that, what you just said, and there's a second aspect, is which goes into something I saw online, you know, about the, the water law and how certain people view humans as money, as investments. And if you... Hey, Georgia. Actual, oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Georgia, actual, uh, Georgia's making an appearance. And if you, <laughs> and if, and if you money as an actual issue within society but just in football you know if you if you just see this see your child as an investment you know because it's like okay well you know i'm gonna get him a trainer because he's gonna become the best and he's gonna get a scholarship and that's gonna make me save money later you know i'm spending money now so i can save money later yeah again you're killing the passion you know what i'm saying and the, the passion is what drives everything you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. what like you know if you like even even on a even on a business tip or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I read a, I read a book called Think and Grow Rich, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The premise of the book was desire. Yeah. What men wants, men get is desire. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you have that drive, you're gonna get it. Men wanted to fly. He created plane. He smoked ganja. You know what I'm saying? He's not <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. So it's like what your desire is gonna lead you to where you wanna go, you know what I'm saying? So it's like don't kill that desire, don't kill that passion in your child by making it a job a job at such an early age, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's gonna come a time when it will become that. But at a young age, let him let him be him. Let him do him, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Let him just enjoy it for what it is, you know what I'm saying? You and then you won't resent the school and then he won't resent you. Because that actually leads to some child resenting their parents, you know what I'm saying? I have a friend. Big time baller, you know mm. what I'm saying? Yo, by the time by the time he was in high school, he was like, bro, I don't want to see a soccer ball anymore. I don't, no. don't, 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 get away from me. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And this guy was the national team all the way through. Wow. He could have been, he could have, you know, he could have, could have really been somebody in the game. You know what I'm saying? Been a role model. You know what I mean? He's still, he's still doing his part in the game. You know, beyond him now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it took, it took for him a period of just a break, a total break. You know, a long sabbatical from the game for him to say, you know what, I love this enough to come back to it the way I can. But yeah. it's, that's what happens when you just, you know, you, you look at things too much. You know, at a, you just get to let people be them at a, at a certain age, and then you know, when it comes time, yep, it'll be time to do what it is. Exactly. So. So, with that being said, obviously, obviously, and, and just so for everybody to know, like we're not against technical training, and I'm not saying that because obviously I've done it, I've done it myself with with a net. Exactly, with every kid, it's it, it it's like it's just if you I get parents asking me in the states, well, what should I do? I'm like, well, you got to find out the immig- the, the like I said, the immigrants who are playing, who have different cultures, like play in the Latin leagues. Play, go take your kid to the park where, listen, you can find people always at different parks playing from different cultures if you want to go find it. You know what I mean? And go out and, and actually play with your kid in the house. You know what I mean? Like, those are big things. Even if you never really played that much, like, your kid would just love to play with you 
You know what I mean? And just and just mess with the ball and and just try certain things and don't get so. You know what I mean? Don't feel the pressure to need to stay up with everybody. You know what I mean? And I I remember growing up as a kid, my motivation like. I was an African-American kid in North Carolina. Bruh, my cousins ain't playing no soccer. You know what I mean? My cousins all play basketball. My cousins all play football. My cousins, you know what I mean? They were looking at me weird, upside the head, like, what are you talking about soccer? I first saw it when I was like seven, eight, seven or eight years old. And I remember, I no trainer or nothing. I just saw who was better than me. I was like, wait, they're better than me. I got I to gotta figure this out. So I started goalie first because I'm like, I need to get some value in this group. You know what I mean? We playing on a dirt pitch. I need some value. So I'm playing and then I'm learning and I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm starting to get on the field. By the time I was 10, then I was like, oh, man, they had the select team. So around 10 or 11, I remember they had the form um, that the form to sign up for, for the team for the tryouts. And I brought it home to my mom. I was like, look, you got to fill this out, fill this out, fill this out because like, I really want to play on this team. I want to try to make this team. So I remember I got the, I made it, I, I, I made it to trials. My mom filled out the form. Remember, my mom's working two, three jobs. She don't know nothing about no soccer, bro. Like, there's no, like, she is, like, leading the charge. There's no, lead, you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't know anything. I was leading everything in terms of, like, the desire. Like you said, the desire to actually get out there and, and make something of myself. Now, I know everybody's journey is different, but I just remember how much I was involved myself. Me, I pushed it. It wasn't mom saying, hey, you know you need the best trainer because you want to stay on this team. Nah. (laughs) Desire is contagious, Kevin. Yeah. Watch this, right? Yeah. I want to keep playing this. I used to play. This is actually how I got on my first team in the States, right? I used to play with my neighbor. I didn't even speak English yet, so I used to hang out with my, uh, my neighbor, you know, he was, he was in the same same grade, but different different class, right? So we would see each other at lunch. No Indian kids spoke a little bit of French, right? Yeah. So I told him, I told him, go ask the lady for soccer. I love to play. We used to play in the neighborhood. This is in America. This is Silver Spring. Yeah. Home Park area, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got the ball. Emmanuel, you got the ball. Yeah. There was a little fence. You, you know, the fe- you know one of them kind of, not too tall fence, but, you know, just about above six foot fence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We used to use we used to use the two you know there was three poles so we used to do two poles and then there was one in the middle you know but that was our goal. So I used to light them up because you know I had the proper shooting technique because I had been you know playing at a, a better level coming from France you know what I'm saying. Boom every day, bro. After the fourth day, after the fourth day, right? This kid, this kid named Elias Trimble, which is my one of my best friends till today, came up to me and he's like, "You're good." I didn't even know what the... He talking to me. I don't know what he's saying. I'm like, Emmanuel, translate. I don't know why this little white boy comes to me talking all this. I don't know, man. I'm scared. I'm like, well, if you want to fight, I'm going to kick him in the head because that's what I know. You know? Like, I, you know, you're like, bro, what, what, what you coming in for? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Next day, his dad pull up before school. Big white dude, Martin Triple. Beard. I'm like, bro, these niggas... They about to abduct me, like yo, my mom told me you're scared. Yo, I'm scared because you know, you know, you just coming into the country. My mom was like, stay low key, don't make no trouble. So I'm like, bro, like, damn, like bro, like already? Oh, I'm gonna kill you for real. You know what I'm saying? They're like, nah, they want you to be in the soccer club. It was ironic and hilarious. That same club, 
had given the same forms to fill out to my older brother because he had done essentially the same thing up uh, up up at the you know the higher grade in the middle school, right? Mm-hmm. But peep this, peep this. The following week, we're we're at we're at the school, right? There is a whole soccer field for the school. They never use it. The following week, they literally take the ball from me. They're like, "Come, we're gonna play." All the kids were just playing essentially twenty v twenty on the soccer field. Wow. Every day we did that. Every day we did that. Girls and guys. I remember there was a girl named Sophia Reed. She was fire. There was a girl named Salea. She was fire. Both of them went to like some fire colleges. You know what I'm saying? Like they were fire. I was like, damn. It was. It's so sad because. It was my boy Malcolm Crockett. He actually played uh, American football at uh, West Virginia. It was a kid named Rashad. These are hood. These are you know what I'm saying? Like mm. they, you know what I'm saying? Yo, they were they enjoyed soccer at such a young age. They were good. They used to pick up the ball and just cut through people because they were fast. They were fast and quick. You know what I'm saying? Mm. They didn't have that much technique, but they knew how to weave. Naturally, they knew how to weave. You know because they were good with the motor skills of their body. Because of football, basketball, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bro, a, a whole year in school, every day at lunch, it was soccer. Everybody mm. played soccer. It wasn't even basketball no more. People used to play basketball and do a little bit of football, a little bit, you know. It was soccer. You know what I'm saying? Mm. What happened? What happened when we got a little bit older? Eighth grade. There was a lot, you know. I was to compartment school. There was, a, you know, there was a lot of Mexicans. They used to play what here we used to call it principal massacre, which is essentially. You play, you know, is you know, you keep the ball. It's thirty versus thirty. It's one you versus everybody when you have the ball. Yep. And if you get meg, everybody beats your ass yeah, until yeah, you can yeah, go yeah, touch yeah, a tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know what we should do? This, this is in middle school. Crush a bottle, and we're literally playing with a bottle. Now let's talk about a bottle. Once that ball goes through somebody's leg, they get jumped. The school had to stop it because too many kids get jumped. But you know, I mean, you know, the, you know, you know, kids. But you know, that's how much desire, like, that's how much the love of the game, like people, like you play with a crushed bottle. You haven't played with not the crushed bottle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's the type of desire and passion. And it came from just being the African and Mexican kids to every kid at lunch, every kid, the white kids, the black American kids. You know what I'm saying? And culture. Roy, you name it. You name it. Culture, right? Kids see it. They see it's fun. Mm-hmm. They don't need that many people to say nothing to them, and it develops a culture. And then when it's a culture, yeah. and it's everything that everybody does, and people can define themselves by it. I think that I think back to what James was saying. Like how do we address that in America? I I think I think these clubs actually need to really be clubs, though. <laughs> Silver Spring, you know what I'm saying? In Maryland, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is what's going on over there. Yeah, it's but I, the but this but this is what I'm how saying. How do you harness that? But this is what I'm saying. How do you harness that? But how do you harness that? Is that these clubs actually need to start becoming clubs? What I mean is, if you actually start using some of your resources to go into these schools, right, and put certain situations. On. So what y'all were doing, like even if you put like a league on for them, like for a school league, you know what I mean? Where it's not about like, oh, you on my travel team or nothing like that. But you just putting together an organization where now, like, just imagine y'all doing that everyday recess at lunch, but on a Sunday or Saturday, y'all can play in like a, a free or reduced league. You get what I mean? At the school, because all y'all know where to go to school. Y'all show up, y'all play. You know what I mean? 
that's going to get y'all hype every weekend or you're playing against other schools. Like, there's solutions. What's happening is that we're so, and yeah, the station's so money-focused. I'll say this, because you see, what you're saying is happening in some areas, but in not enough areas. Exactly. Like, I'll exactly. say this. For example, you see, like, look, our, you know, like, for example, in my area, in the Silver Spring area, right, like the Tacoma Silver Spring area, for example, our school leagues, like our middle school soccer league, was actually lit because you yeah. had so many good players from the area. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. you actually you actually wanted to play middle school soccer and, and high school soccer because you I mean like I said, in, in the DC area, right, it was in the private school league, back when my brother went to when my brother went to high school, when the Matha played Carroll, you had like, you know, six or seven national team players on the field. Yeah. So like you wanted to play, you're like, well, this is lit. Like yeah. yo, and like, you know, the atmosphere and everything, you know what I'm saying? But it's because in those areas that love for the game and why and in those areas that love for the game is harnessed, you know what I'm saying? And what did I say earlier? Mind you, I said where 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 are the talents coming from? Paris, London, Rio, the capitals. Why? Because the capitals are urban and diverse. Mm. The diversity. The diversity is the factor. In America, it's the diversity because you're not gonna get that culture. If like uh, if like um, um, James said, you're in Frederick, you know what I'm saying. But in, in Silver Spring, in in Tacoma, in parts of DC where it's very you know diverse, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get the Hispanic guys, you're gonna get you know the the Caribbean guys that are gonna want to play, and naturally that's gonna make everybody want to play. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Your friend you want to play. You know exactly. And that's exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. So I'm watching the Tottenham game at the same time, but yeah. 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 Yeah, you better call it the Liverpool game, not the Tottenham game. We know, we know, we can't call, we can't, we can't call no game the Tottenham game. But, uh, <laughs> but no, man, I think, I think, I think what you meant, I think what you said is is so true. Um, because the diversity, it's going to give you a different outlook socially. You know, learning how to live and be with others who who bring a different style, different yeah. quality to the game, and that, and that, I think that's what people, that's what people see. Like I said, I, I, there's been an upturn, obviously, in U.S. players being signed overseas, right? Which is good, you know what I mean. But like I've always, I've always said, I'm like, okay, this is a good moment for players, but still, and everybody that they're saying, no one is a guaranteed starter, no one is a guaranteed, no one is like super, 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 super established yet to say. And, and what I mean is like super established, like you know, they're like a Champions League. Um, Big, big, big time player. You know what I mean. I don't think they. You know what I mean. I, I think. I think there's a lot of potential in the group. You know what I mean. And so I, I. So that's good. But I, if I, if you look at it, most have either benefited a lot from being in the culture of Europe, and it's going to be interesting to see the ones that have come straight from MLS now to see. You know, hey, do you have what it takes to be at that top level? You know what I mean. And I and I think it obviously starts a lot from young, like you guys said, that culture, like what what's making like England, like James, speaking about England, like, you know, when I grew up looking at Manchester United and, and Arsenal and all them back in the day, like you weren't having players like Sancho, Sterling, all those people coming coming through now who are coming through from the ends. Like you, you know what I mean? What 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 do you think, you know what I mean? What do you think so far about that? With the, um, you know what I mean? 
with how England's going with their development and, and, and whatnot. What do you think is the biggest cause for that? Social media. Really? Social media and young, you know, younger players now being more in tune with the global game. How, as I was growing up, there's Premier League and there may be Italian League. Premier League or nothing. Mm. Premier League or nothing. Nobody, no coach was talking to me about how Barcelona was playing. Mm. I mean, I knew Ronaldinho because I saw the Nike adverts and stuff like that, and I saw World Cup. Okay, but I wasn't checking for him in Barcelona like that. I wasn't watching Barcelona games, coaches. But the younger coaches now are like, no, you should have to study this, that, that. And they're showing them the global game. And then now with social media and everything, I'm seeing the global game. Then I'm seeing street style. I'm seeing people doing tricks, as Ray was saying, the freestylers and stuff like that. So I'm going to try at home. I'm going to see. No, I'm going to be able to do that in the game. You know what I mean? So I think it's more of a social media and being open to the global game a bit more now um whether it be your coaches or having parents from different countries introducing you to the game and then um yeah and then playing 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 mm. can i add something to that yeah i think i think uh well it falls under the you know the globalization of the game as in you know the internet enabling people to just see more i think i think england has actually uh essentially i think a, lo a lot of these countries are following the french trend and opening doors opening doors given opportunities more mm -hmm. opportunities than they did before to, to black players because they see the value in black players because black players make the win mm. now we see with the world cup is different you know what i'm saying we see the, the you see the 98 squad, you had some, you had some, you had some, you had, you know, they sprinkled it in there, you know what I'm saying? But that was the integration area. Yeah, we're going to listen to y'all. But this, this squad was, yo, we're not the integration area. This, this 2018 French squad, it was like, we're not the integration area. Mm. We, what y'all think, we, what y'all think is the, the, the Kairas, you know, the, 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 the street guys, you know what I'm saying? But mm. we're not that. We just got flavor. And mm. we're going to show it to y'all. And, and we're going to show y'all that we can bust net. We could bust y'all however we want. Even if our coach is trying to play this ugly defensive tactics, we still gonna <laughs> swag on y'all. And they did. And so now guys are like, yeah, I need a Pogba on my team. I need an Mbappe on my team. Okay. I need a Kanta on my team. You know so, so, so and that's opening opportunities for players, you know what I'm saying? Because back then it was like, back then it was a sprinkle, even in England. Like since when has England's team ever been this colorful? This flavorful. In England, I still see. I mean, you say that, but I still see a lot of them are still conforming. You know, I only yeah, really see. Yeah, even real, even at that. Yeah, the true street player in England is Sancho. Mm -hmm. Who else do you have? It, right. James, you know we've been talking about this, and it's good. This is a good segue, man. And, and Roy, we talked about it as well. It's like the marketing. Of, and I'm going to specifically speak of like the black player in Europe is, I don't think they get the culture and I don't think they market to the culture. Like, like when I saw, when I saw that, when you, when I saw when Adidas, Adidas and Man United signed Pogba and they did that first commercial of him playing, right? That commercial of Pogba, right? Of him playing, they showing his whole journey as a kid is everything you just described. Do you know what I mean? It showed him at the fruit stand. Fruit falls, he tries to juggle it. So he's playing. It showed everything. And it showed like, oh, it showed kind of like, 
this is where Pogba came from to get to Man United, right? And then it's like they dropped the ball with the marketing. We didn't see nothing. No commercials, no anything. And I'm like, Pogba, Pogba, Pogba might be, honestly, like right now, other than maybe Neymar, is the most, of course, you can put Mbappe, I think, up there as well. The most marketable players in the world, like easily top two, in my opinion, because he can speak multiple languages. He's played in multiple leagues. He, he has a presence about him. He has a charisma about him. Kids want to be like him. He expresses himself in a different way, moves in a different way. Not even a different way, he's just himself, right? And then I felt like, and me and Roy, we were talking about that with United, like why he's, why he's performing better now, is I, I think sometimes people don't understand, and maybe with the England players too, as you're a black player in these situations, you feel like you're, you have to conform, but I think you also feel uncomfortable. You get what I mean? And I don't think that, I don't think people really understand, like, it's not just playing like you have to feel like like the what the term comfortable in your own skin, right? You 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 yeah, feel you nah, feel I mean, like you have you're to something where, like uh uh-huh. you know the pressure sometimes you know um especially today especially in today today's age where it's like you know back then football players were football players mm-hmm. that's it you know yep. like very few of, we're very few of them were brands but. Even their brand was just mainly football. Yeah. yeah. But today, you have to be a complete brand. You have to be a football player. You have to be a social activist. You have to be the latest on Instagram. Yeah. And yep. you know, the moment you drop the ball on one on one thing, everybody's trying to kill you, and it's just like, yo, like, yep. I'm still at the end of the day a human. Yo, if you come at me wrong, you're gonna catch these hands. Like I, like I, you know, sad note, <laughs> but you know, yeah. my whole thing is look. Sometimes. Your mouth is USPS. You see, USPS, they close down. Sometimes it's still your package. Sometimes it's thing. Sometimes you can't get the message. Yeah. So you have to use FedEx. You know, yeah. FedEx yeah. has to be used to understand yeah. the message. You know, sometimes you have to use UPS or DHL, <laughs> you know. Because sometimes you need, you need with the analogies, yeah. the You need to expedite the message. But it's okay. But no. Back to what I was saying. It's kind of correlated to what I was saying. But the whole point is that pe- people are human. You know what I'm saying? Like, people ain't going to be perfect. People ain't going to do things every day. People ain't. And it's just putting them, you know, putting people to an unexpected pedestal because, you know, supposedly they're getting this much money is not, you know, it's, it's not fair to anyone. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that pressure kind of almost, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it was almost feeling like he was trying to cater to people. Mm. And now you see him back to... Man, y'all ain't never gonna be happy. Fuck all y'all. I'm gonna play my game. And you're seeing a magnificent Pogba now. You're exactly. seeing a magnificent Pogba where he's like, okay, I'm free. I'm gonna do what I want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all gonna, y'all gonna regardless. So I'm gonna do what I want. And you know I, who I think needs to be on that tip as well? I think Sterling. I was talking with my older brother, and we've been saying that, you know, ever since that, that, that city he missed in Champions League, mm. it's like that, that tense feeling. Like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta, ah, oh, fuck. And it's like, well, fuck it. Just do you, man. Yeah. Just do you. Yeah. You know what I'm like that's when you're gonna be your best. That's when you're gonna kill everything when you just play free. Bro, regardless, bro. Me, I always say this. Bro, today if I play, guess what? I'm I'm the ultimate I'm the ultimate there's a big in the room. I'm the ultimate city guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm the ultimate city guy. If I play, I'm telling you, bro, I'm coming in, I'm doing a rainbow before I leave the field. Because that's what's <laughs> gonna make me happy. You know what I'm saying? I may never play I, you may I may the coach may never put me on again, but it's okay. Because I did what made me happy. And <laughs> that's what life is about. That's what life is about. Oh, be happy. 
Bro, live, live your life. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're going to this man and you're going to go home and you're going to be like, man, I didn't get to do what I wanted. Nah, man, nah, man. Do what you want. You know what I'm saying? From the moment it doesn't, you know, directly, physically hurt somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Do what makes you happy. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, bro, you're going you're gonna to go home and you're going to feel unhappy yourself. And then tomorrow, you don't know. Life sometimes is short. Sometimes it's long. Sometimes it's short. Then you're over there and you're like, man, you know, I didn't get to do what I wanted. It's on you. Mm-hmm. You, are the, you are the master of your faith. You know what I'm saying? You're the master of your destiny. You want to be happy, you make yourself happy. Well, you know what I'm saying? No one's going to make you happy. Well, well, well that's why I was saying with the England player, because, like, obviously, like, if you look at it, like, the Pulisic, uh, Pulisic ad came out, right? The, um, was it GQ? It was GQ magazine interview, yeah. Yeah, so that came out, and you know they did they did the thing, and and I think it showed the power of America because I, I I mean, did it depict who I think people think Pulisic is? I don't. I think people were surprised. Would you say that from the look? I mean, do you oh, see from the look? From the look, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you know, I like I would say that like. You wouldn't think he's a GP. You, yeah, I don't think I don't think necessarily you don't think that. I think, but I think it shows the power of America. Like I like I, like I told you with Weston McKinney when he did the Harry Potter thing. That's gonna be in memes. That's gonna that's gonna travel. You know what I mean? The marketability of the of the U.S. player is like crazy. And like I said, we don't really have somebody who has a, a big personality. Like you know, imagine Pogba as an American. You know what I mean? Like that's a huge marketing angle. And like. And then even going further, like going back to England, London. You don't have that in America. Why? You don't have that in America. Why? Because what type of players do they pick for the national team? Because these are the players yeah. that are getting the opportunities as well. That's what you got to think about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't. I mean, they don't want. I, I well, as of right now, they have not picked a certain culture. They, they they don't pick a certain player, you know, which we know is there. But for some reason, either way, he doesn't make it through the system. He doesn't get picked. All these things that happen. But I think, and, and I think even just even talking about London again, like I said, like when you hear about London, Southeast, Southeast London and how that, you know, it's, a sim, it's similar to Paris. You know what I mean? But like, if I look at Hudson Odoi, CHR, I was like, man, he should have been cho- the chosen one. You get what I mean? He should have already like the moniker, everything. I know you got to prove it, but I'm like, it doesn't seem like these guys showcase who they are and, and, and the clubs for sure don't like really put... What was I going to say? Really don't put, don't market them either. You get what I mean? They don't market to who, who these kids are and where they're coming from. You feel me? In my opinion, they don't. You know, they miss out on that so well, much. Why, why, is that, why is that, Kev? Well, I think Europe just, I, I think they like their normal culture. No, no think, think about what you're saying. Well, this I... going to highlight they fail society. Why would you market that? This is going to highlight how you fail society. Mm. These big corporations, these big things, we're taking these kids from these neighborhoods that are tortured and trenched, you know, to go and make millions of dollars off of, and look at where he came from. Yeah, he came from the dirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the American model. That's the American model. <laughs> think, about, think about how crazy that is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Kind of, kind of, you know. That's why they don't want to. They don't want to highlight that. They want to. They don't want to touch on certain things because you know they, they, they know. Like you see, you see in Europe, you know, I'm, I'm, 
honest, um, you know, the, the, the average person in society is a lot more aware and in tuned of what's going on than the average person in America, because in America, you're being, you're being essentially, um, you're being, uh, what's it called? Uh, brainwashed by, by entertainment and, and the capitalistic mindset of working so hard that you just overlook how the society just screws you, how government screws you, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And in Europe, it's the opposite. They'll lull you with the satisfaction factor. With the socialist system, they'll lull you to sleep by saying, well, we give you what you need, so just relax, you know what I'm saying? So they don't want to show, like, how, like, okay, like, yeah. yo, these situations aren't really good, you know what I'm saying? But we're still going to exploit you, essentially, to do what we need to do. They can't highlight that, because what's, what's going to happen? The people are going to do what they're doing right now, mm-hmm. just riot. Yep. <laughs> they don't want that. You got to, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, the government is a business. Back to, back to the video I saw on someone's Instagram, you know what I'm saying? The government is a business. Law is a business, you know what I'm saying? Because of the cash flow and the liquid asset, you know what I'm saying? Everything is a business. Yeah. Well, and just thinking about the business part and why, you know, maybe a, a lot of black players overlooked. I mean, I'm looking at this Liverpool Tottenham game and Mane's been involved in all three, three goals. Right, being a monster again, and he he constantly gets overlooked. You know what I mean? Constantly, constantly, just uh, like his story is amazing from where he came from, but then also the level that he's doing it and the consistency that he does this each and every year. It's like people don't understand like how big of a player he really is. You get what I mean? Like it's pretty insane. <laughs> when, when, when Messi like when Messi like yo y'all spread my bands I loved it he was like he was like Messi it's okay I, I, I know you fuck with me but I'll, I'll be back I'll be back yeah. you know what I'm saying like that same time it's like nah y'all gotta you're also y'all, y'all gotta stop fucking up stop snubbing him stop stop why yeah. are you doing this yeah. you know what I'm saying stop well, well I, 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 I think it's, I think you're it's gonna also go, you're gonna go something some Lincoln poops that yeah you know they're becoming the most complete midfielders after having ineffective seasons twice in a row for coming for big money. Yeah. And then when there's people actually doing the work, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna overlook that and we're gonna be like, ah, dude, well, you know, yeah. you know, well, he's fulfilling his role. He, he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Ah, uh, okay, so he's doing supposed to be what he's supposed to do, but him, he's going above and beyond, huh? Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I and I think that's a, it's an interesting concept that you bring because we, like I said, we talked about Yaya. Before how much he got overlooked, um, you know, you look at so many different situations where you're like, "Wow, how how, how is this guy not getting recognized uh, for the level, you know, for the true level that they are and what they're bringing? You know, how are they not getting recognized?" And and I think you get, like you said, I mean, we're looking at media, what people, how people want to be portrayed, um, and specifically in Europe. I think in America. Uh, they had the same sentiment, but we make too much money. You know what I mean? Yeah. That athlete, you know, the, the black athlete, he makes too much money. So it's like, yo, hey, we got to roll this out because he's going he gonna to mean a lot of money to us. You know what I mean? I, I think I put something on uh, Twitter. America, 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 you know, you know, makes the, the, you know, you know, they, the business decision. They, America, they want, man. They did, it, they did it so good. They make you so stupid that they tell you how they, how they essentially mess you up and you, you accept it. You even give them money. But I'm telling you how they mess you up. Mm. This is in media. This is in everything. In sports and everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They literally tell you, like, look, this is what I'm doing to you. And 
screwing you up, and you're like, yeah, 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 here, I'm giving you more money so you can keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we love it's it. Game, it's, 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 it's a story, in it, but at the same time, it's, it, that's what I want to see, uh, hopefully over these next few years in Europe. I want to see how the uh, how players are marketed, especially from like like I said, like the places you're talking about, London, Paris, Amsterdam. A lot of these players are coming from these different um, diverse backgrounds, and the club that identifies with that first is going to take off very quickly in the marketing sense, in my opinion. They're actually going to do a great service and, and they need to understand that they have a, you know, they have a potential gold mine if they actually market to the culture and display themselves. I think you've seen it with certain brands. I think Nike tries to do it uh, with London. Like I've seen some things with London. I think they probably try to do some things with Paris, them as a brand. But I think they've had success with the black community. Nike has successfully done it. Yeah. Nike has successfully done it on all fronts. Yep. Every sport. And yep. that is why, you know, no matter how, no matter how disrespectful they are to to us, you know, we we faithfully buy their stuff. Faithfully, <laughs> faithfully. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With, with, with faith, we, yo, Nike is actually Nike is right there with Nike is right there with GODs. <laughs> Nike is right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, you're getting them Jordans. I'm putting the people went to crusade and 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 died for GOD, right? Yeah. People died for Jordan. <laughs> People in line, people in lines all day waiting. Three hundred dollars. They got three hundred dollars left. They paying the two ninety nine for the Jordans. People get shot over shoes. All the type of nonsense. Yeah. Wow. Cause they got a swish. Cause this man told you this will bring value to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not yeah. knowing that the value comes from inside you. you know what I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean. You love it. You, love it. you like what you like. And that's okay too. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear Nike. You shouldn't. You should like. You should like. I told you, happiness is a whatever makes you happy from the moment. You're not gonna be hindering or hurting anybody. Yeah. Do what you do. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Do what you do, bro. Like what you eat does not make me shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's how they. This is actually this is actually a very old African saying. You know what I'm saying? In French they say je mange in Cameroon. In French they say je mange tu shit, which means the little translation is I eat you shit. Like in a question form, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, bruh, do what you do. From the moment, don't hurt people. Hey, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Now, and, I, and I think moving forward, I mean, it's going to be interesting how, how football kind of develops. And so that's why, you know, I was really happy to get you guys on because I think you guys have a unique perspective because you've experienced, obviously, growing up overseas uh, fall in love with the game, having passion, and then you also have the unique experience of being in the states and seeing and feeling like, okay, hey, there is some culture here. It's either overlooked or underdeveloped, and and also I think for those who maybe come from suburban backgrounds, is to give them a sense of like how really passionate the game is, and and, and like how much you you know it. it, it how much like it's, it's it's really it's a lifestyle it's how you live it's how you operate and of course i don't think that you know and people shouldn't say we're, we're saying everyone we're, we're being broad in, in our talk we know that there's certain kids you you might grow up rich and you might be a baller and 
You know what I mean? And you all about football. So we're not saying for everybody, but I think for the general public, I think we can all agree on the either teams we played on or teams that we've coached. We see a certain kind of consensus. and But at the same time, the parents are always trying to find a solution about how to make their kid better. And I'm just like, the solution's pretty easy. You know what I mean? Get them out of their comfort zones. You know, you're constantly playing and training with the same kids. None of them are, nobody's challenging them really. You know what I mean? Nobody's saying, yo, you you whack or you shouldn't play here or uh, not respecting you getting the ball. Like everything is, is equality when you play on these teams. But like what you what you guys explain, the street ain't equality. It's like, are you the best? Eat or be eaten? Killed or be killed? Be the best. Survival. And so like with that mentality, it's like what you said, like, you show up in America, and then you're already the best on your team. Like the Freddie Adu story. He shows up and never played organized soccer, and people found him on a playground or found him playing with him. Like, yo, how are you so good? You know what I mean? That's the same thing when I found a player on my team, a Bolivian player. Like, how are you so good? It's just because they're playing. But U.S. parents, I see a lot of them, they're, they're overcompensating, I think, for the training aspect thinking that their kid, like I've seen a lot of parents and people recently on the, the, um, you know, just on social media, putting so much hype in their kids. And I'm like, it's cool that he can do step over roll. He can juggle this much and all that. But like, he ain't never, he hasn't hit, he, like he ain't been hit before. You know what I mean? He hasn't been tackled. He hasn't been against aggressive players. Like the tempo, yeah, the, 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 the tempo in Europe, the street, the, the, that's yeah. the byproduct of the branding and the capitalism that America is looking at your child as an investment. So you're like, okay, I've got to brand them now so that you know it's going to give them opportunities later. You know, mm. like we've been saying this whole conversation is fine. Hey, wait, wait, hey, hey, but hey, James, what do you think on that? Because me and you've had some back and forth on that. I think parents shouldn't. I'm kind of against too much branding. Like I don't mind you showing your kid; it doesn't matter. It's your kid. But I'm a, I'm a, I think at that age. Like, I've seen some videos. There's a kid. There was one I saw, um, a kid. And he's like, I'm a pro. I train seven, eight hours a day and all this stuff. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, bro, you haven't you haven't ran into, like, real life yet. You know what I mean? You don't know what life issues you're going to have yet. You have to understand we're in a different era where content brings you revenue. So regardless of if they make it or not, they've started creating content right now. Okay. They can go in another avenue. Remember this F two freestyle. The branding, like I just said, it's the branding. Yeah, but do you think? But do you think? Listen, the reason why they're doing it is for their kid to to get an opportunity to play in pro. So this kid identifies himself all with this, right? That's fine. So he's been training. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. but but, J- J- but when but let's say let's say they don't make it, which most don't make it. Let's say they don't make it. They don't make it, but they've done all this content branding and they've got these K viewers or followers. They can now go into that. Yeah, but they're not. They're, but but listen, okay. It depends. It depends. It depends on the individual and the parenting. Because okay, the, the same way we can say the same way you know to your argument to your argument, Kev, you could say look at a bunch of these child Hollywood stars and how they turn out. Yeah. The same way you can say there's a lot of kids who did you know who've done this with the right support and the right foundation that have also ended up being okay you know what i'm saying so it all comes down to the parenting and the, and the actual individual child 
Yeah. You know, um, not everybody's meant to make it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's cutthroat. Right. You know, creme de la creme, you know what I'm saying? Pressure built diamonds, it also burst pipes. Exactly. Oh, okay. so I'm just saying, I would... Meant to make it, you know, not win. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, and it comes back, that's with everything in life. Whether we're talking about the branding like this of, of young children, or whether we're talking about, you know, kids making it pro, like, yo, who's meant to make it will make it, and who won't, won't. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, there is repercussions to doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, your your kid is gonna have a false sense of value. You know what I'm saying? But mm. are you are you willing to are you willing to have to, to take that byproduct if it means you're gonna get the revenue? You know what I'm saying? Like, and and yeah, like there's a there's a there was a Buddhist quote that says, you know, that's I'm paraphrasing, but it says, man, it's funny because you know you 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 know you, you kill yourself trying to get money, and once you got the money, you spend all of it trying to heal yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so it's just the dichotomy of like how crazy we are, the oxymoron that is human, you know what I'm saying? And it's just because we, everything is about creating value for ourselves. You know exactly. Because if we don't create value for ourselves, we don't feel like life is meaningful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why we would be suicidal, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it all, it all depends on the support. You know what I'm saying? Some people have good support and good foundation and, you know, they can, they can overcome that. Some people don't. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, that, that, that's, that's my thing. I just err, I err on the air of caution. I err on the air of caution. I'm just like, bro, you just haven't met the challenges yet. And I'm always more like, me, I was not heralded as a player, but I kept going to each level that I kept going to based upon people doubting me. So I built resilience against adversity. You're doing a lot of technical drills, which is fine, great. You're getting a lot of views. People see that you're advanced with the for your age with the ball, but you haven't felt any of the real challenges yet. You get what I mean? That that's the part I'm just trying to make. And I, and if I think about a place like Brazil, like I was watching the Jenga documentary, the Brazilian one, and they had a kid no Romarinho, I think was his name was. Dude was nice, bruh. Nice, bruh. Like nice. If he he, he if he was in America. Everybody's like, who is this technical midfielder that we, we haven't had a player like this? Doesn't even get a sniff in Brazil. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, right. but look, look, look. Yeah. It's funny, you know, to bring to your point, and we've talked about this before. Prime example, France. Mbappe, Dembele. Yeah. One with the proper foundation and support behind him. One without. Mm. One looks like a troubled kid that always goes and makes a mess everywhere. And one is... Dating Miss France and all that. You get what I'm saying? Mm. It's the foundation. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's what Mbappe is with right now? But it's all based, based on the foundation. <laughs> and, and, and just like, even Mbappe, even right? Even Mbappe is going through his rough time now, right? Yeah. But the image still is clean. The image still is clean. Yeah, support still, system. Okay, you're hearing, one, you're hearing one little thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like, look at them. Oh, at Dortmund, he's, he's breaking apartments. He's doing this. Oh, at, 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 at Barcelona. He's flooding hotels. Yeah. He's poorly. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just you know one got the foundation and one don't. You know what I'm saying? Like one don't no, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't knock that. I don't knock that. I've just seen a lot of. I've seen parents put the stuff out, and I think, and I'm like, man, I hope you're not putting that pressure because obviously, like when I started yoga, I, I was like, man, I want to create the best players in the world, you know, and all that stuff. Like you know, you're a young coach, a young trainer, and I'm and I'm just looking at the situations where. You know, the kids that I started developing, that was like almost 10 years ago. 
some almost 12 years ago now. So they're starting to hit 17, 18, 19 years old. And I see, I've, I've seen myself kind of what happens. And obviously there's so much more that comes with that. You know, so so much more that comes with you being an advanced player, being a technical player, being a good player. Like, I'm just saying, just make your, not make your, but put your kids in uncomfortable situations as much as you can so that when they're in that really tough situation and, and, you know, when they get older, they're trying to make it, they're more comfortable with being uncomfortable and not just comfortable with everybody saying, well, you're the best, you know, you're the best, you can do all the drills, you're the most skillful. You know, you know, so, but no, man, I think this was a, I think this was a good first segment, man. We, we got about an hour and uh, almost 22 minutes in. So this was a, it was good. I don't know if anything you wanted to add James or Roy, you know, that y'all want to holler, talk about or no. Yeah, I mean, in the future, we'll, I think we'll start doing some updates on, uh, on our favorite teams, Arsenal and PSG and, uh, Maybe some Champions League updates and talking because I think I think Roy has some opinions about these things. So, all right, we'll get ready for that. And hey, hey, Roy, we ain't the water gunners, bro. We got we got owed to hey we, hey hey we got owed the God owed the God. You get what I'm saying? Not owed the God, owed the God, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the Jim Jim. <laughs> no, that's good, man. That's good, man. Well, hey, 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 appreciate hey, appreciate y'all, man. Hey, appreciate everybody listening to us on Wanna Be Ballers. Uh please look out for us. We're gonna uh be having a podcast up and, and, and Roy, many thanks for you being uh taking your time to be with us, brother. We appreciate you. And uh, uh hey, no thank and, and James as always, thank you, bro. And uh thank y'all for being uh, being on Wanna Be Ballers. <laughs> I'll come back and talk more trash, get more haters, you know what I'm saying? Hey. I know I'll be saying outrageous shit, you know what I'm saying? So, it, but it is what it is, man. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, brother, be good. All right, peace out. Peace. Yeah.